What is up, everybody? World travelers, this is Judgmentalist. I'm scrolling through my text messages here. I've got one of those fancy iPhones, and I got a text here that said, maybe Travis. It said, hey, guys, you guys are doing a great job. Taylor called me and said that she really loves the podcast. I'm not quite sure who these people are, but somebody named Taylor connected to somebody named Travis really likes this podcast. That's Big Sexy Digital Nomad. Awesome. With your host, Big Sexy. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whenever this is in your ear holes, I hope that it is good. Well, thank you, uh, Taylor or Travis. Thank both of y'all. Thank both of y'all for listening. I hope you're having a good time and enjoying yourselves. Uh, you know, write in. Uh, send us a message. We appreciate that. Thank you very much for the the, the, the heads up. And, uh, yeah, let us know what you're liking about it. You know, and we'll, we'll keep that. We'll keep whatever that is. We'll keep that shit up. Yeah. We'll keep doing 100%. that. Yeah. Hey, man. So how's it going? How are things in your world? It's it. We're, we're all over the place. I'm busy as hell getting texts from random people whose numbers aren't in my phone. And I'm not, not sure it. how they're getting my number, but hey, it's okay. I don't mind. Well, I'm assuming, you know, from your business. Yeah, right. it might have something to do with that. Who knows? Yeah, or or you know, you, you, I imagine it's in the business of the magic. They're, they're figuring out ways. Now, I'm not getting random text messages, but I know that my number is really out there like that. So, you know, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Well, thank you. Yeah, man. Today we have another wonderful and exciting bonus episode for our our listeners. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying these interviews. Uh, I know for sure I am definitely enjoying interviewing people. Uh, it really is uh, something that I've always actually imagined doing. You know, it's funny. I went before, well before the pandemic, I was living in Vegas. I was doing karaoke, and I was in talks with a couple of producers to make a karaoke talk show. Hosted by Big Sexy. And what it was going to focus on, instead of having celebrity guests, we would have Vegas karaoke guests, right? We'd, have, we'd do it in a, in a bar with a, with a stage. We, there was a couple bars that had a really amazing stage area. We're like, we'll do it here. Um, we'll set up an interview area, so a little seating area where I'll interview them, talk about you know how they got started in karaoke, all that kind of stuff. And then we'd film, we'd take like two... Uh, Film them performing two different karaoke songs, right? Um, kind of like interviewing, you know, a celebrity performer, you know, how they would sing a song and then they go sit on the couch. This would be, we talk on the couch and then you go sing a couple songs. Uh, I thought that'd be great. I thought it'd be wonderful. It never came to fruition. Uh, it's a lot of money. And then, you know, life happens and, you know, Vegas is a, is a city full of ideas, right, that kind of end up going nowhere but you know that always stuck with me and now here i am with a podcast and a microphone and a co-host and we get to interview people yeah and i love as we get you know as we get you know don't let that idea die because as we get to the point where we smooth our scheduling to the point where there's no construction in my house and we're actually <laughs> able to coordinate guests for interviews as regular episodes. Like we tried to recently and failed and whatever right. we made it work. Um, our bonus episodes could be you doing exactly that. 
that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I have to figure that out and, you know, work on studio. If we're, if we're like long-term in Spain, like I'm hoping we're going to be, uh, I'll definitely start finding performance spaces and finding karaoke venues because you can't keep me down. I know you're out there and I'll find you and I will take over. That's what I do. And um, we will definitely work that out. That'd be, you know, awesome. And I love that kind of stuff. I love, you know, I love talking to folks. I love talking to regular folks just about stuff because everybody has an amazing story. Now, Judge, let me ask you this as we get ready to get into this interview. Do yeah, you yeah. play video games much? Some. What What is your favorite gaming system? Um, the one that I've used the most recently is the Nintendo Switch. Um, okay. Is that because it's on the go? You can take it with you places? No, because I don't really do that much. It, it, it's uh, it, it's more of the types of games that are on it. Like I'm 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 big on the Zelda games. So when a new Zelda game comes out, like it did this May, um, I'm getting it day one. I'm playing through it. Uh, when the Switch first came out, I mean we're talking right. about years ago 2016 or 2017 the the zelda game was one of the first ones that came out on it the mario game didn't come out till later that year when it was launched so i put countless hours into that um the whole family played a ton of animal crossing during the lockdown because (laughs) what else were you to do Right. Um, especially in my world where people weren't driving cars and if they weren't driving cars, they weren't really getting into accidents. We obviously still had our caseload, but like there's a great deal of right. our day to day, which is handling brand new cases and getting them set up and fielding those calls. And that didn't happen for like five months. Ooh, um, right. So you had to, you had now, to pass that time somewhere else. Like a lot of, I've never owned an Xbox. And I'm not, I don't feel like I'm coordinated enough physically to play games on a PC with like a keyboard and mouse and all that stuff. Yeah, I can't do, I can't do PCs. Um, I can't do mouse in one hand and the keyboard fingers on my other hand. It's, I'm not that dexterous. I keep, I get confused which letters go where and which moving where. Although I was a big World of Warcraft guy. So I was able to figure that, kind of that out. I can press one and then two and then four, whatever I needed to do. I'm a big PlayStation guy. Um, I've always like, I used to be a Sega guy when back in the day when all my friends were Nintendo, I was Sega. I was always the other, right? Right. Even like growing up, like, I mean, in a lot of things, like in, you know, in high school, people took Spanish. I took French, you know, and people went to, to on you. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. I mean, don't get me wrong. They had it right generally, but I was always the other. When gaming systems came out, you know, uh, I was trying to do stuff on on a Commodore sixty four while people were playing with Ataris. Then I finally got an Atari. But when it, people were doing more Atari, I got into Intellivision and ColecoVision. I got yeah. into the other ones, the side ones, right? That that were were uh, were great, were fun. You know, when when Nintendo blew up, I never got a Nintendo, but I definitely got a Sega. I was a big Sega guy. And then, you know, as Nintendo kept growing, and then then PlayStation came out, and I got a PlayStation. I never moved over to my Xbox. I stayed on PlayStation. I've always upgraded my PlayStations. And I asked because our next guest, I actually met 
gaming. Okay. Well, I was playing a game called Destiny. Uh, you familiar with Destiny? Heard of it, never played it. Yeah. Uh, first person, kind of a first person shooter, but also a bit of a role playing game. And, you know, there's, you can go raiding together and you have a big world or whatever. And I like games where you can do shit by yourself. And then if you're also, there's also a community that you can join in and, and go with people and do stuff together as well. I like that kind of game. I'm not a fan. I don't like, um, I don't like Call of Duty. I'm not a big Call of Duty or, you know, those type of games because I don't like war-type games. Well, those are just first-person shooters. I think first-person shooters. You right, want some but they're first-person shooters of, you know, I want fantasy. Yeah. I want adventure. I don't want I don't want to kill another human. I'd rather kill an alien, right? I don't, I don't, I'm not a big on war, you know, uh, figuring out which, which, you know, AR forty seven, whatever I need to do to get the best headshots or whatever. Like I'm not I'm not doing that. Um give me, you know, mutants, zombies. Uh the closest I got to that kind of stuff was like Red Dead Redemption. Uh but it's set in the West. Right? It's set in old timey time. There's so also it's missions not in war. It's, it's also there's also a mission that you're also building farms and shit like that, right? So I'm playing Destiny and I and I, I go on this raid and I'm, I'm talking to this couple who they they are playing they kind of started and they were playing together and they also kind of had met and so we we kind of formed a group and there was a, a few others of us and we would always go and raid together and you build together and we became friends and then they they were living in California and I was in Vegas and they came out to Vegas for EDC and we hung out and got to meet them then and. Uh, Again, became fast friends. Now they're world travelers, like they were travelers well before I decided to do this whole thing. And they um, have been a bunch of places, and I really um, was always in awe of how many different places they had been to. It was it was fabulous. And so when I interviewed them, we got to talk about a, a handful of places. It's one of those interviews where you go, "Man, we could have done this shit for a couple more hours." Oh yeah, and 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 get into the the weeds and what have you. Uh, so it was really great to talk with them about Europe, about Iceland, about Australia. You know uh, the different places they've seen, making plans to see if we can see places together, all that kind of stuff. So I'm really looking forward to it. And it's funny because they had not been to Malaga, and I was like, oh, I didn't think there was a possible that I had been a place that you haven't. There you go, and so. There you go. That makes that made me very happy, very happy. So yeah, I sit down. Well, these are my friends, uh, Kirsty and AJ, and we sit down and have a lovely chat, and we talk about all things travel and gaming and a lot of stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy the interview. Interview. Welcome, 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 big sexy world travelers. It's your boy Big Sexy here on another BSDN interview series. Y'all, y'all, I have a special treat for you today. Uh I am speaking with two dear friends of mine who I think I've only physically met one time, maybe twice. A couple times. But, but <laughs> we, we we uh linked up over PlayStation, of all places, and gaming, and uh, 
quickly became uh, fast friends, and we've hung out, and uh, it turns out they are world travelers, which, believe it or not, um, gave me, one, the knowledge that it can be done, two, the inspiration to do it, and three, the thrill to see the world, because they've posted pictures and, and tell me of their stories and traveling around the world and seeing all these incredible places. And of course, the moment I started this podcast, I thought I need to have these guys on because they've seen the world and they can share with my listeners their adventures and how well they've traveled and all the different places. And and here's the thing, y'all. If you're thinking of a place you may want to go to, it's highly likely they have been there <laughs> and can give you a report of that location and tell you the best places to eat, the cool things to do. As we are talking before we got on air, the best uh, pawn shop to find a new PS4 for wherever you're going to be living, and then you can sell it before you leave. Um, so without any further ado, y'all, let me give it up to my friends, AJ and Kirsty. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us. What's up? What's up, guys? How are you doing? Uh, we're doing good. We, um, as you as you know, we got back from a nice uh, three weeks in Iceland. Ooh, that was Iceland. a trip and a half. That was a bucket list item. Yeah. Um, what what uh, part of Iceland were you guys staying? We we did the whole west coast and and we did the south coast. Um, the northeast is really hard to get to, and we would have needed another week. And believe me, it's 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 an amazing and gorgeous and beautiful place, and it is twice as expensive as the most expensive place you've ever been in Europe. <laughs> you, you, think, yeah. you think Paris is expensive? Iceland is twice as expensive as Paris. It's, it's yeah. worth it. It's, it's, it's hilarious. Worth it. Totally worth it. Yeah. Totally worth it as a bucket list, one time in your life kind of thing. We went we went uh, scuba diving in this place where you can reach out and put one hand on the North American continent and the other hand on the European continent. It's the only place in the world you can do that. Oh, wow. That sounds, that's incredible. And the water temperature was 34 degrees Fahrenheit or two degrees Celsius or one that's, degree Celsius. That's yeah. terrible. So that's, <laughs> that sounds both wonderful and horrible at the same we, time. We, we were, we got dry suit certified. Yeah. I'm a former scuba instructor. Kirsty's an amazing diver herself. And so you put on the dry suit and you put on four layers of thermal pajamas and you're quite comfortable. Yes. Yeah, that's, that sounds that sounds intense. That's kind of interesting that you mentioned that uh, because uh, my friends back in Malaga, Spain, shout out to Cami, started a diver's WhatsApp group. And of course, I've never scuba dived in my life ever. I've snorkeled quite a bit, um, especially when I was in Hawaii. And, you know, there's some fun snorkeling you can do off the coast of California as well, where I grew up. Uh, but I've never scuba dived. Um, it seems interesting. I'd be interested to try it. So she started this whole divers WhatsApp group. And I thought, man, I, I joined it. Like, I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm interested in diving. I'm, I'm a beginner. I've never dove before. I'd be very interested to learn. You know, not sure if it was something I'm going to, you know, get into full, you know, wholeheartedly. But I'd love to be the experience. I love that experience. You know what I mean? Um, however, diving in two degrees Celsius, uh, two degrees Celsius water doesn't sound as entertaining as diving. Yeah, in the no, no, no. You, you should do yeah. it the way Kirsty did it. Okay, so I got yeah. certified many moons ago in California. T t water temperature is like fifty to fifty-five degrees in general. Right, not too bad, and you can get away with a wetsuit when you're first starting out. Kirsty, on the other hand, got certified in the the Bay Islands of Honduras. 
particularly an amazing diving island called Roatan. And uh, so her first <laughs> many dives were all warm water dives. Oh, uh, nice. You know, she she oh, did yeah. so far it's to date, she's water. only done two cold water dives. But now that she's got her dry suit certification, hopefully we'll do more because cold water has a lot to offer. It really does. But um, uh, yeah, I heard visually, it's a, it's astounding and it's amazing what can live down there is living in the cold water. Um, but I don't envy them whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> well, it, 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 okay, so in Mon- you got Monterey Bay, California, gorgeous place for diving. I used to be right. a dive master there and do Been underwater there? dive tours, Monterey Bay. And, yeah. um, and you know, you got your kelp forests and you got wild sea lions and you got sea otters in the southern end of, of the bay. And uh, I've been buzzed by all the above on, on Kirstie's one dive in the Monterey Bay. She had a wild uh, harbor seal come about two feet away from her and just kind of stare at her. That's <laughs> yeah. quite humorous. Well, what was that like, Kirstie? How, how was it looking into the eyes of a wild seal? I mean, to be honest, it was it was a bit scary because, you know, they seem like they'd be small, but they're very large. And especially <laughs> as you look over your shoulder and there are these, you know, big old black puppy dog eyes just two feet from you. And you're like, that is, that is a wild animal <laughs> right, right behind me. And, and they're not and dangerous. And it's, and you're in, it's, it's uh, territory. It's you're in its yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was just, I mean, he was perfectly harmless. I think he was just checking us out. Yeah. It's a major, major dive spot. So they're right. very used to divers. But yeah. apparently, you know, otters ain't always that peaceful. You heard about the lady that got attacked by an otter, right? No. That that is honestly that that's kind of a be like be struck by lightning kind of thing. I've I've been around a lot of sea otters, and they're pretty lovely. In fact, the funny thing is, there is a the the rule the law in the south of Monterey Bay where there's a large sea otter population, thankfully repopulated, is that if you're scuba diving and you see a sea otter, you are not allowed to swim towards it. It is allowed to approach you, but if there's a ranger on the land and he sees you swim towards a sea otter. Boom, $300, $500 fine right away. Wow. Yeah. That makes sense. And that's the way it should be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For oh, their yeah. safety the, and yours. <laughs> the whole, there's a, a lot of people don't know this, but on the bottom of the ocean off the coast of California, there's a huge sea urchin problem, the balls of spines. And the reason is because uh, fishermen started to shoot uh, sea otters. Like we're talking a long time ago. But it got out of hand and they decimated the sea otter population. And the sea otter's number one food was sea urchins. So the sea urchins bred like underwater rabbits. Wow. Wow. That's again, you know, the balance of nature is is uh a thing to behold. And it's intense. And you know, us humans, we just go out there and fuck it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but I've also I've Actually, I've been on a lot diving. I've been diving with a lot, a lot, a lot of sea lions and seals, and they're great fun. And you just got to respect them. That's all I can say. It's just whatever they will let you know with their body language if they want to hang out with you. They usually do not want to be touched. There are exceptions to that, but they're it's wonderful. I think when you get an encounter like that. Sorry, Kirsty, go ahead. You were talking about Iceland. No, I was just saying that like Iceland's done an amazing job of. Um, you know, just really making sure that their everything, you know, all their energy, I believe, is green. Yep. Um, I believe it's mostly hydroelectric and geothermal. And then geothermal. Geothermal and then hydroelectric. Wow. Yeah. And they get all the hot water they want. They do. And now, every Airbnb and every hotel, you turn on the hot water and it is there immediately. 
<laughs> uh, you know, traveling in Europe, I, I now understand why that's a big thing to say. Right, <laughs> having right. experienced the uh, the short burst of hot water you get when taking a shower, uh, if your Airbnb has a water heater, um, yeah, it, in it, Iceland, it can, it's it the can be a thing. In Iceland, you got to sit there and like be very careful when you turn on hot because it will be scalding in an eye blink. Oh yeah. Right. Right. It's basically running past like volcanic gases and stuff under the earth, you know. It, 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 it's it's definitely on the list of places we need to visit once we have the once this podcast takes off and I'm making tons of money uh, uh, from sponsors or whatnot. It's definitely on the bucket list, or you know, the wife is making tons of money. Nice. One of those things. One of those two things oh, yeah. have to happen. Yeah. And it, well, hopefully it, both yeah. of you do. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's yeah. the idea. Yeah. That's the idea. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you... but let's 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 back up a little bit. Sure. Uh, let, let's let's go back to the beginning first. Uh, tell us about e- each of you guys. Tell us about your your growing up. Like where'd you grow up? You know, uh, what was your childhood like? All that kind of stuff. You know, the the, Kirstie, the take it away. The, the cliff notes, if you will. <laughs> oh gosh, well, my life was not nearly as exciting as AJ's story. But basically, I grew up in the Sacramento area um, of California. And uh, I had a um, very fortunate uh, circumstance of being born into a cattle ranching family with uh, about 600 acres, oh, wow. um, sort of uh, more north than Sacramento. And so kind of being outside and being amongst nature just sort of comes naturally to me. And Resonates. You know, yeah, being able to have all that land just to explore because most of it was not good cattle land but you know we we needed the cows on the property so that uh property taxes would be (laughs) super cheap uh so mostly it was (laughs) just forests and mountains and a couple of you know big ponds here and there so i mean it was truly wonderful and i think that's probably what gave me uh you know my sense of adventure as a kid and you know being a millennial you know before the internet i did spend quite a lot of time outside <laughs> that's not to say that i don't enjoy being inside i am a homebody as well so. right. <laughs> well, well again, i did i did meet you playing video games so that's yeah, true she's <laughs> not actually a homebody currently she's a home baldur's gate yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. yeah that's what she was saying, she was saying. <laughs> what about you aj where, where, where did you grow up what was your uh i grew up in a place in southern california known as porn valley AKA the San Fernando Valley. San Fernando called, Valley, yes. San Fernando Valley. And it was exact it's you know where they made all the porn in the eighties mm-hmm. and everything. So um anyway, but I grew up there. Uh I'm, I'm, cool. I, every time we talk about this kind of stuff, I am really surprised you and I didn't bump into each other like ages ago. It's a big well, there, there, there is 38 million people in Los Angeles. So I know. agree, but uh, but we we keep finding ourselves running in some of the same circles. Yeah. Well, the funny thing would have been like if you had been, okay, did you, have you ever heard of, this is the defining moment. Have you heard of, it was in the San Fernando Valley. It was on either Moore Park or Van Nuys or something like that. And it was, um, it was called La Maison du Guerre. Or as we used to say as small children, La Maison du Guerre. And it was, it was the like Dungeons and Dragons gaming shop. Back in the day, that's why I've heard of it. I've never been. I've never seen it. I don't know if it's still there. That sound that sounds familiar, and that's why because it's Dungeons and Dragons. It was um, yeah. That was that was 
that was like my defining high school years and stuff. That and that, that and like theater arts and stuff. Anyhow, so I grew up there, and uh, and then you know my parents. Okay, so the thing about my family is in almost every direction, I come from like a not a nomadic people, but a nomadic vibe. Uh, everybody in my family, family, even down to my nephews right now, who are the youngest people in the family, um, all travelers. Every single person, traveler. Every single person has gone out of the country and explored and gone to other cities and explored. So as a young kid, like I remember my parents, you know, when I was really small, taking us to San Diego, taking us to Las Vegas, which where, of course, they left us in the hotel while they went off and, you know, gambled or whatever, the casino. Did, did the Vegas stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And then um, we uh, at Sequoia National Park. Uh, so we got, so I got my feet with a little bit of that. And then it was because of seventh grade world history class that absolutely lit the spark in me. And apparently as my parents tell the story, I used to come home from, from school and at the dinner table, I would not shut up about (laughs) world history and Julius Caesar (laughs) and the Romans and the Greeks and Mesopotamia. And so at that point, my parents turned to each other and said, maybe it's time we take the kids to Europe. And so I was 14 and we went to Greece and England or like, like Athens and London, nothing too crazy. And, um, that's still amazing. And it gets even better. So here I am this Dungeons and Dragons obsessed kid. And I mean, obsessed. Right. And they take us to London and my mom, who was a curator in an art museum for 20 years. So she's really into art. And I, uh, they take me to the part of the museum of the British museum, which is massive to where they had all of the ancient weapons and swords and halberds <laughs> and suits of armor. And my jaw just dropped. And I literally, I literally begged to come back the next day with a notebook and a pencil and just take notes. My mom, you know, she took, so she's like, okay, we'll go see like the other fine art and stuff. She literally goes to one of the guards at the museum and says, my son would like to spend hours and hours here. Could you keep an eye on him? And the, and the guard was like, yeah, sure. And so she, she and my, my sister and my dad went off somewhere else. And literally it was like having a, a private information factory because the guard knew everything. Like he was a guard slash curator slash docent. And uh, oh my God, I picked his brain senseless. And by the, my mom shows up like four hours later and she's like, oh, sorry, was any trouble? And the guard's like, no, that was awesome. <laughs> you know, his own words, <laughs> in, in his British way of saying that. And it was, it was right. spectacular. And that was it. I was bitten by the traveling bug hard That's at funny. that point that was AJ that walking was around the museum of england with a medieval boner Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. a medieval mind boner <laughs> medieval mind yeah. boner exactly that exactly that now uh now where do you, how did you two uh meet up where did you guys come together what's that story uh, you want to tell a story oh you want me to i think you should tell it okay i'll tell the story so I have uh, my, my degrees in psychology, and as I was getting my degree in psychology and taking finishing up my degree and everything, my, I actually decided I didn't want to go into clinical because um, I just could not see myself listening to people's problems for eight hours a day. And, <laughs> I and so so I, I kind of take this really nice right turn into human experimental psychology and particularly brainwave research. And so that was super duper fascinating to me, like amazing off the charts. I got to work in some labs at people don't even know exists. And, and I, you know, I met, right. I met people who could look at a cat scan and tell you what the person's issue were, was without ever having met the person. So 
really mind-blowing stuff, cutting-edge stuff, so stuff that was so cutting-edge that we even used to joke. It's a bit like Star Trek that people aren't like ready for this technology kind of stuff. But if, a, good, a good example of something that came out of the kind of work we were doing, uh, if you've ever seen or heard of uh, there's a wheelchair that a quadriplegic can control with an EEG band around their head thinking certain thoughts. They can steer it, turn it left, turn it right, move it forward, move it backward. I've heard of that. That yes. came out of the stuff we were working on. Oh, wow. So, yeah, and, and and who knows where it's gone since then. It could be far past that by now. Um, probably oh, is, actually. Apparently, apparently it's an AI. Yeah, well, it could be. <laughs> yeah, right. could be. Now, now um, the wheelchair will take you where you where it, it knows you want to go. You don't well, have to think that, about it anymore. Th there's that, but the, the whole goal was to, like, you know, I mean, like, the, the, the far-flung future perception that we had was that one day uh like pilots they would literally just like a let's just like a, a david gibson uh no was that name was it name? william gibson neuromancer novel you know where you would jack in to the plane you connect your own nervous system to the plane and then you kind of fly the plane by thought so that's kind of like the far-flung version of where we're going um anyway so uh so because of that I decided my, my psychology, we never really got into overtly helping people directly until I met this really, really interesting group of people and began, got into their life coaching system, which then turned into my own life coaching system. And then I put a website out there and <clears throat> catering specifically to, to the world of relationships mainly, but also more traditional life coaching too. And one day, and so, and also, I wrote a book. So I'm, I'm working on my book, and I'm, and for some reason, I mean, I, I lived in Australia a lot. We can talk about that later, but um, I was not getting the. Sorry, Arthur, we definitely will. Oh, okay, so I was not getting the work done that I needed to get done, and so I literally packed up my bags, moved back to Australia to a little apartment by the beach, just specifically to finish up the book. And while I'm over there, I, I very often got letters from people, email saying, oh, I got this going on. Oh, I got that going on. Can you give me some help or give me some advice? And I did like, I, I, I do believe in giving people free help now and then, uh, and then having like a, like premier services for paying climate, for paying climates, for paying clients. <laughs> and um, uh, if one of those climates would pay us. All those climates. <laughs> anyhow, so, so, uh, so I get an email from Kirsty, random email, and I read it and I'm like, oh, this, okay, I'll, I'll file this away. And I put it away and I go back to work on my book. A month later, I have free time and I open up the emails and I'm reading them and I come to her email and I'm like, oh, okay, this is, this is really cool and an interesting person. And yes, I think I can answer all her questions. She had, she had had a bad breakup and some other stuff. And so I started, I wrote back to her and answered her questions. And then very soon thereafter, we started talking and I was kind of trying, I, said, I think I was saying something like, you know, well, it's really important at a time like this that you, you know, really get into your hobbies again and do things you love doing. Yeah. And I'm like, so, so what are some things you love doing? And she's like, oh, I love uh, video games and artwork. And I'm like, oh, cool. What kind of stuff do you draw and what video games do you play? And she, first she sends me the link to her artwork and I go and I look at that and there was characters from the video game Mass Effect which in my opinion is still the greatest video game in existence yes. in the last 15 years. Um, and so and it was my all-time favorite video game. So then I go back to her next email and she says, and the games I play are Mass Effect, et cetera. So, I, so we talked about Mass Effect 
And then, then that started like the normal getting to know each other conversation. And right. next thing you now, know, we're talking on, oh yeah, go ahead. Well, and I'll say now, now Kirsty. Okay. I want to hear from your end. How, how did you one come across his website? What inspired you to reach out? Right. Uh, what, what was that impetus like? So I, yeah, as he had said, I had just gotten out of a, a really bad breakup and a really bad relationship for that matter. And I moved to Southern California to live with my best friends, um, just completely out of the blue. I was like, I need a change. And they're like, hey, come live with us. You know, um, we think you'll really like it here. And I did. I had a blast. And so I was kind of in this uh, headspace of doing things that I wouldn't have normally done. But I had the question that, you know, what do I do now and how do I keep from repeating the same mistakes? And so I, gosh, all I know is that it was a Google search and I somehow ended up on his webpage. <laughs> I somehow went down the rabbit hole, came across his webpage and um, read his entire website about, you know, what to do, uh, you know, what, what the next steps are to kind of regain your life and, and sort of get the relationship that you want. And, um, and so I had a couple of questions though. And so I contacted him and, um, at first I was like, this guy seems like he's, you know, he really knows his stuff. He's probably really busy. He's probably not going to answer me. I'm saying, cause but, I didn't, didn't hear anything back for a month. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, so, and then, yeah. And, and my best friend was like, you know, just, just, just email him. Like what's the worst case scenario? He doesn't answer you. Like you're already sort of expecting that. So, you know, Makes no big sense. Deal. yeah. And so I reached out, didn't hear anything and was like, okay, yeah, no big deal. And then a month later I'm like, oh my gosh, he <laughs> sent me an email back. Cool. And he answered all my questions. <laughs> New email. Who does? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, long story short, we actually had a ton in common, and um, a ton, a ton. Yeah, and right. and we met actually playing Destiny the same way we met you. So. Uh, but, but before that, before that, so it was Destiny. We, it literally we, was. We we got to the point of like having a Skype conversations and whatnot, and you know we could see each other and and have nice talks. And it was really fun, really good conversations just in general, which to this day is still going on. I feel like we've been talking nonstop for nine years. Yeah. And um, <laughs> like we always have something to say to each other, which is really seriously cool. It is. And, um, and so, and then I, I, I like we're talking one day. And I'm like, hey, listen, it's my lunch break. I'm going to go outside and jump in the ocean. And she's like, oh, you know, are you going surfing? And I said, as a matter of fact, I am. I, I have a board. I'm going to grab my board and go jump in the ocean. And she's like, oh, I'm into surfing too. And I'm like, what? And then I come back from that and there's a photo of her in a wetsuit holding a surfboard. And I was like, okay, we need to meet in person. <laughs> but as yeah. you said, our first two weeks before we met in person, we were playing destiny together. And the great thing about video games uh, is that you, especially when you're on co-op play, as you know, cause you were one of the right. people. I, I would say with, big, big noses. He's hurt you're, me. You're very real. You get very <laughs> real. Yeah. You, you heard, you heard Christy swearing like a sailor and it was, yes, and I, was awesome. I thought it was great because she was, she was, I got to see the real person. And then we met and we had our first date and it was enormously successful. It's funny because, you know, in that environment, you don't, you don't see all the, all the person, but you definitely see them at their most frustrated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I figure if you can get 
if you can still manage to be cool with somebody at their most frustrated, then you guys are going to be lifelong friends because I've, I've seen you as your most frustrated. I've seen when you want to tear somebody's head off because, <laughs> you know, they, they blew a raid. You know what I mean? I get it. I've been there. <laughs> I've, been there. I've been that guy that people want to tear his head off because he blew a raid. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's lovely. Now, now, how soon... Um, after you guys started dating and, and talking to one another, did the did the traveling begin? Uh, well, okay, so Ooh, little local been, traveling guys, right away. You guys remember your first trip trip together? I do. Yeah, it was, oh, yeah. It was EDC or Comic Con, wasn't it? Oh well, I mean, out of state or out of the country? No, I'm, I mean trip trip, right? Like going to oh, EDC. Okay. That that's you're hopping in a car, you're driving four hours, yeah. you know, or wherever you're going to. I mean, yeah. like a trip trip. So uh, that was, uh, yeah, yeah it was, it was when, um, I went to, we went to Honduras, uh, Roatan and I got my, um, Scuba my diving certificate. Yeah. My diving certificate. That was our first trip out of the country together. And I remember one of his, his best friends had told me, he said like, listen, like AJ is so excited to have like a traveling buddy. Like he, one of his, the things that he's always wanted is somebody to do his travels with and somebody to go diving with. And you're going to meet both of those criteria as you have no idea how excited he is. And Look at like, AJ with the homies. Who said that? That's Brooke. Brooke told me that. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. See, AJ, you didn't even know how much your friends had your back. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's and and give her the heads up, right? Like, no, you're making you're making him very happy. It's really awesome. Like oh, also sweet. she didn't say anything crazy, like, look, don't get out there with AJ because he's nuts. Like they, they didn't say nothing <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Cool. And so yeah. no, we, we had a great time and then I learned to dive and we've pretty much just been touch at the hip since. Yeah, and then that was back in two thousand six. 15, 14, 16? I think it must have been 2016. Sounds about right. Or something. Was, was yeah. You know, the, the mark of 2016 was Prince Alive or Dead. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, honestly, I, I think that might have been yeah. was that election year. Uh, that's also election year. That's the year oh, that we oh. had the four, the four <laughs> worst years of a presidency America's oh, had. In, in, well, and that's so true. Now that you mentioned that, yeah, and it was shortly thereafter we were like, "Okay, it's time to leave America." <laughs> Get out, right? Yeah, right. Well, it, it was, man. America, America started going down the toilet in two, after after that election, and yeah, you know, and it's not the first time I've done this, by the way. So I was living in Northern California, and uh, you know, George Bush got elected. And I was like, uh, and, and I, I, I put up with it and I was whatever. And, you know, weapons of mass destruction and all this stuff. Uh, I'm talking to George Bush Jr., by the way, yeah. W. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was listening and I, I just felt like America was being gripped by fear. And it didn't feel right because as a psychologist, you're like, look, fear. I, I understand the mechanism of fear. And this is too much. And then I started to learn that, you know, the marketing industry, that fear is a billion dollar business. And I did not like that. And I did not like the fact that was when, here's one for you. Do you remember when news stations started having, and I quote, the color chart of terror? They had, and and, and this red at the top was like extreme terror alert, orange and yellow and green. It never went to green. 
Nope. So they basically were there's saying no every, there's no money in green. There's yeah. no money in green. Stay stay irritated, stay nervous. And the pharmaceutical companies sales skyrocketed. And I was just putting up with it, putting up with it, getting irritated about it. And then one day I'm in the gym and all of a sudden I hear this announcement. And, and so listen, listen to this carefully. The advertisement said, and I quote, do you ever find yourself nervous in a crowd? Do you ever wake up feeling anxious? Do you ever feel a lack of meaning in your life? Okay. Now the intelligent thing and the proper thing should have been, do you constantly feel this? That's not what they said. They said, do you ever? And the fact is that that net they threw out there caught everybody. Right. Telling them that they're sick and they're bad people and they need to buy this pill. And that was it. In that little, in that moment, I was like, "I'm leaving America. I'm not dealing yeah. with this anymore." And I moved to Australia. Pharmaceuticals and fi- pharmaceuticals and firearms sales skyrocketed. During, yeah. During that time. Oh yeah. And and I, I moved to Australia for five years. So that was the first time I did that. So 2016 was kind of a repeat of that. Now, now, had um, you been to Australia before you moved there, or was you like, uh, yeah, yeah I was. <laughs> I was in Australia a long time ago. I got a job working for the California Department of Tourism uh, under the federal government. I actually had a security clearance and all that stuff. Nice. And uh, it was it was a pretty fun job. My boss was evil incarnate, but um, <laughs> shout, we all have that one. To I can't remember her name. I feel really bad about this, but she was like the former governor of Arkansas or something like that. Not Sarah Palin, because everybody says I'm uh, sorry, Alaska, and. Uh, uh, and so it was this super nice lady, and uh, my boss became intolerable. So it was this this former governor of Alaska or whatever she was who picked up my visa and made it so I could stay over there in Australia and keep working. And yeah, and so and, I, and so that was just that was just one year, but that was my first taste of Australia. So I knew I always knew I wanted to go back. And then uh, yeah, when the Bush administration thing happened, I went back and I stayed there for five years. Then I came back to America, and then. Uh, with Kirsty, I already knew I wanted to take Kirsty traveling because I think it's. I just think traveling is super important. Um, I can summarize it with one sentence: No matter how many degrees you have in the university, no matter how many years you spend in college and grad school, you have not achieved anything more than half your education. And the other half of any person on this planet's education is going to come from traveling and experiencing other cultures and seeing how they do things differently and learning what the universals are and learning what the stuff, you know, that you think like, this is the only way it can be done. You find out that's only the way your country does it. And that's, that's the full education. You have to travel. So with Kirsty as my life partner, I'm like, she's got to start traveling. So it kind of all fell That was a very long run on sentence, but I get, I get the meaning. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big, yeah, I like to quote Herman Melville who said, you know, run on sentences. Run on sentences. Run on sentences. Run on sentences. If you ever read Moby Dick, Moby Dick, every paragraph is one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> insane. Yeah. Yeah, but, but no. but, oh, it's great, Curser? Curser no, I was just, yeah, I was just going to say it was, um, it's, it's, it's been an incredible experience, you know, um, truly, I, I've learned so, so much just by going to all these different countries and seeing how other people live and um, seeing how other countries just do certain things. And, you know, I think perhaps one of my favorite places was, um, was New Zealand and that place. I think I, that's definitely a second home for me. And 
what, what, made, what, what made New Zealand? I've heard that from from several people. Uh, yeah. Of course, we travel. The people love New Zealand. Like I have a feeling I would love New Zealand, except it gets too cold. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, <laughs> it does get cold. We're yeah. very much team anti winter in this household. Oh. Okay. Uh, but what was it about the NZ, about the Kiwis, that you absolutely loved? I they're just I mean they're people they're so nice you know what I mean like they've got such a great culture of just being friendly and chill and a little bit funny you know what I mean they're sort of like the more relaxed chill uh little brother of of England right where and then like Australia is like the really like aggressive you know middle child <laughs> Zealand's just this like cool like laid back like, oh, and, yeah, and you know especially the indigenous people the Maori they're so oh they're so amazing like oh yeah there was one time we were in on the North Island and we accidentally um put the car into a ditch <laughs> you, can, you, can tell, story, you can tell it was me i was, I was an idiot but it's a funny story. <laughs> it, it, long story short there was a puddle that we thought was a very shallow puddle it was not no 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 no, no. it wasn't it was it was it was that okay so there was a freaking okay, ditch running yeah. the lengthwise <laughs> of the road and there was so much dirt on it that it looked like solid ground so I went to go pull over the car because we were supposed to go meet these people. I went to go pull the car so we could look at the map or get directions. And I literally drove right into it. <laughs> that solid ground was oh, no. actually dirt on water. And so here's my car with the, the left wheel is like down in the ground and the back right wheel is up in the up air. In the air. Yeah, and, and we're like, the best part about oh, this man. is that I'm not known for, for staying absolutely cool in all circumstances. <laughs> I, I started – I. Yeah, I actually right. started laughing, man. I just thought it was yeah. so absurd that all I could do is laugh. And that the cool thing, the super cool thing is that within like as fast as you could blink, people were pulling over to help us out. And oh, even yeah. before cool. we had figured out what to do, some, some out, there's two Maori guys pull up in their pickup truck with a winch on the front. And they're like, Hey, want us to pull you out? And they pulled the car out safely. And I'm like, you know, Hey man, can I give you guys some money or something? Like, no, 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 absolutely not. And I'm like, can can I at least buy you some beers or something? Like, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's part of, you know, the, the, you know, what go, we pay it forward kind of attitude. Yeah. Welcome to our country. We hope you have a good time. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was amazing. (laughs) Sorry about the, the muddy ditch. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose we should have yeah. we should have told you about the the, the hidden ditches. Yeah, we, we kept <laughs> the hidden ditches. In New <laughs> and so but, it's yeah, it's just an amazing country, and everybody's just very relaxed and very nice, um, and just that's just the people, right? And the land is just so breathtakingly gorgeous. It's what you see in Lord of the Rings. It is. Yeah, it really yeah, is. that that, that really part. And again, I'm a big nerd, so of course, you know, watching all the 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 LTR movies. Oh man, I really would love to go check yeah. that out. But see, that mountain got snow on it, and you know, <laughs> you know what? That's, you know what? That's if you, you go, go there, 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 yeah. there's like a three month window where the weather gets pretty nice. And yeah, so yeah, you, yeah, yeah, and I, we're 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 definitely gonna you know when we can go there during two of those three months. Exactly. You yeah, know? and and the cool thing is 
uh, now that I've been to Iceland is Iceland and New Zealand are very, very similar in terms of just like how much beautiful land there is. And so if you want a taste of what Iceland can kind of be like, go to New Zealand, right? Because New Zealand, they have the volcanic fields. It has these beautiful, lush, rolling green hills. It has the hot springs just about everywhere, you know, uh, the beautiful mountains, everything. So, and and it's it's so much cheaper. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, and it's just, it's amazing, you know, and so... Yeah. Listen, AJ, you traveled a, a bunch, bunch uh, yes. of, of all the uh, dozens of countries you've been to, which ones would be your, like your top picks? Um, that is a very hard question. Cause it's more like, it's gotta be categorized. It's gotta be like top <laughs> pick for physical beauty would be like uh, New Zealand, Scotland, the far North of Norway fjords. Um, You know, those like the top three most beautiful places. The most peaceful place in the world is a a, a very remote location in Southeast Asia. Okay. Um, (laughs) You know, the the most casually fun places in the world would be like London and Bangkok. You know, when I first went to Bangkok, I thought I was going to hate it. And the funny thing is, each time I went back, I started to like it more and more and more. And now, Christy and I joke about, Oh man, there's that food court at the bottom of the hotel we always stay oh at. Oh my god! And it's it's so we like, we like going <laughs> on about how good the food is. I, I can hear Kirstie's mouth drooling from here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like, the restaurant at the bottom of the hotel. Oh, 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 the restaurant. Oh. <laughs> but like, if you went, it was just by places that I've returned to many times. If you use that as like a criteria, you got Southeast Asia. You got New Zealand, you got England, uh, you know, specifically London. I really like London. Uh, crazy place to drive. Don't like driving there, but they've got one of the best underground systems in the world. So you really don't need to. Um, Have you, know, you been to Malaga, Spain? Uh, I never made it to Malaga. I had, when I was living in Sevilla, people were like, Malaga, 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 Malaga. I just never made it down there. You know, I, I went the other direction. I went up to Barcelona and, and there about Ibiza and all those places in the in Mallorca, Menorca and everything. And I, I take it then, Kirst, you have also not been to Malaga, Spain? I haven't even been to Spain yet. You haven't even been to but Spain it's, yet? It's, it's, well, I've been AJ, to what are you doing? There, there's a, there's a Three Dog Night song about that. Yeah. You got you to go well, to Spain. I've never been to Spain. You've been, you've been to Portugal? You said you've been to Portugal? Yeah, we, we just uh, – Yeah, we just got there. You guys, you guys just went to Portugal. That's right. We, we yeah. were supposed to meet up in Portugal, but uh, we didn't make it there. <laughs> we made it in oh. one day, but we, we did not make it back uh, to Portugal because, again, we fell in love with Malaga. I'm amazed yeah. that there's a place in the world that I have been that you have not. Have you been to Bucharest? Yes. He has. I haven't. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, what, do you, what, what were your thoughts of uh, Bucharest and Romania, AJ? Uh, well, first of all, I have ancestors from there. I have ancestors from Transylvania, what was Transylvania, which is, like, explains yeah. a lot if you think about it. It, well, and it does, and I mean, you're, you're, if people see a picture of you, that absolutely understand. But you guys, if yeah. you're on the Patreon and you're looking at the slideshow of <laughs> this uh, interview, you understand that comment more than people who aren't Patreons. And if you want to become a Patreon to see the pictures that we're talking about, just simply go to bullwiththebutthole.com, uh, sign up to be a Patreon member, and then you too will get to see why uh, AJ is a vampire. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's we totally must fair. have some really, really bitchin' photos too. So totally, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, 
And so, so yeah, so uh, ancestor from there, uh, it explains why I am so ridiculously hairy as a human being. And, <laughs> you know, that full moon, I go a little nuts. Uh, but anyhow, so, so uh, I love Romania. I think Romania is an awesome country. Um, I am partial to Brashov. Where you know, which is in the middle of what was Transylvania. You were I asking me how we gotten there yet. We have we haven't made it yet. I'm hoping that we get a chance to go. The- it is so nice. It, it's Ooh. like and you and you take the it's train there October. and you go through all the Carpathian Mountains and everything. Right. Yeah. You can just see. I mean that okay, so because here's the other thing. My minor in college was comparative religion and mythology. So I love all the stories from the different cultures. And Romania has a really rich, that whole part of the world right. is a really rich mythology. And uh, you can just see how it came into their minds. You know, they, they still have bears and wolves roaming the Carpathian Mountains. Beautiful, right. beautiful place. Uh, Dracula's Castle is, uh, uh, go see it. <laughs> That's what we're hoping to do. I mean, you could, you, you're in Romania. You should probably go see it if you get a chance. Like, you know, it, go see it's, it. It's, it's something to see. It's something to say that you did. It's Absolutely. there. Yeah. It, it, the, I, the castle was owned by, like, Princess Isabel. <laughs> And when you when you get the guided tour, all they talk about is Princess Isabel. And in this room, Princess did her, Isabel did her sewing. And in this room, this is where the servants would bring the new pottery. And you're just like, I don't care. Talk about Dracula or Bram Stoker yeah. or something. Talk about and then it turns Vlad out, the Impaler. Yeah, it turns yeah. out Vlad Tepish, uh, he did own the castle back in the day. He owned a lot of castles. He stayed there one night. Right. In that one night that he stayed there of his entire career of owning that castle, he murdered somebody in the castle, which, of right. course, led to stories and stuff. And then Bram Stoker, years later, uh, heard about the castle. It is placed on a, a, a little bit of a cliff. It's not like you see in the pictures where it's you know, you know this right. way up high. And, right. and then uh, they have one room in the whole tour dedicated to Bram Stoker and why he why the castle inspired him to write Dracula. Yeah. Now, outside the castle, off the castle grounds, it's like uh, a Dracula Renaissance fair. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's what I've heard. Yeah. I've heard that you go to the castle, you check out the castle, you see the castle, but then go into the towns. That that's that's where you get a lot of the uh, the entertainment aspect. Exactly. That one that you know the the us dumb Americans uh, are, but, are looking uh, for. Absolutely. But man, Brashov, Brashov just had great restaurants, great cafes. He had a big old public square where they had some live performances going on, really good live performances. The people, they all speak English, uh, at least everybody we encountered. They were super nice. Like you go into a restaurant and you'd order, I don't know, like a milkshake or something like that. And they'd bring you the milkshake and they'd bring you some biscuits and they'd, they'd say, you want a coffee with that? They just put it in front of you and they wouldn't even ask for extra money or anything. It was amazing. It was nice. just fantastic. Yeah, so we, I hope you're having it. My friends who like Bucharest, they say the same things about Bucharest. We're having a really decent time here in Bucharest. The food is a bit uh, tough to deal with. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Um, uh, it's, so in the city, <laughs> right, they don't have good beef. Okay. Oh, the okay. beef just isn't good here. You know, I'm a good American boy. I want me a good steak. And it's just it just hasn't <laughs> been great. Um, the, you can tell, um, we, we just had some, some sketchy issues cause we're trying to do more, way more home cooking than eating out. Right. Cause saving money, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, the exchange rate is beautiful, but nice. you know, um, 
the quality hasn't always been wonderful. And of course, there are things that you can't get out here or in Europe yet um, that I'm used to back in the States, which is good, right? Because, you know, I'm, it's less processed food, much more natural stuff. Okay. But I like my processed Skippy peanut butter. <laughs> you can't get peanut butter there? No, 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 no. Hear what I said. Skippy. Skippy processed peanut butter. Skippy. Or Jif style. I hear it. I completely, you are talking to a, a peanut butter diplomat. Yeah, now, 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 Romania, oddly enough, had better peanut butter than Malaga did, at least I, that I could find in Malaga initially. Huh. Uh, the Malaga peanut butter was much more natural. It's the kind that had the oil on top and the, yeah. it's grainy and you got to stir it up to, to put it on. It wasn't great. I didn't like it. But, um, again, <laughs> Romania, Romania does have a, a little small um, thing that's a lot closer to the peanut butter that I like. Um, then, then I found in Spain, of course, when I go back to the U S I am taking extra bags and I will be <laughs> filling a bag with peanut butter um, <laughs> and sugar-free syrup. Uh, I, I've got a really good peanut butter story for you. Oh yeah. Do tell. Okay. So, uh, many, many moons ago, I'm backpacking out on Europe, solo backpacker. And one of the things that someone taught me was if you carry uh, a bulb of garlic with you, the split second you start feeling any kind of a cold or flu, especially up in Scandinavia, um, you one of the things you can do is you take a you have like a little thing of you know bread or crackers. You take a cracker, you put some peanut butter on it, you take a clove of garlic, a large clove of garlic, you chop it into little teeny tiny pieces, you mince it, and you just literally push it into the peanut butter and you eat it without cooking the peanut without cooking the, uh, the garlic at all. And, so raw you know, minced. Garlic and peanut in butter. peanut butter on a cracker, and it kind of has an Indian food sort of flavor to it. At that point, the peanut butter right. makes it vastly more digestible, and uh, it's you know garlic is one of nature's strongest antibiotics. And right. It's got a ton of vitamin C in it and everything else. So I got I got into that. So, but the bottom line is, I love peanut butter. It's one of the things I'd probably live on if if I could. And, same. Uh, so I'm li- I'm in Southeast Asia. I'm spending a lot of time over there. We're talking like, you know, Laos, Cambodia, Thailand, Malaysia area. And I was in Cambodia and I went to a a little corner market and I found a jar of the kind of peanut butter you're talking about. Nice, creamy, processed peanut butter, right? And I was so happy because I had had no peanut butter in my life for for a month or two months, whatever. I was so happy. And it was just a little teeny jar, like like when like the smallest size jar you see in the supermarkets here. Yeah, your, your, Europe is very much uh, their biggest jars are our smallest jars. Oh yeah. yeah exactly, exactly. So so it was like that. So I had one out of this jar, and I and I had it with me, and I was really happy, and I made sure I took it in my backpack. I didn't care about the weight. When you're backpacking, you watch every single ounce you're carrying, right? Right. I didn't care about the weight. And the thing is, I think I'd taken a bus to go into Cambodia, and I was flying out of Cambodia. And so in my, I put in my carry-on and they stopped me and they're like, oh, you can't bring this peanut butter on the plane. And I'm like, it's right. not a liquid. And they're yeah. like, they're like, doesn't matter. You can't bring it on the plane. And I started to lose it because this is my <laughs> peanut This is my precious peanut butter. And I'm like, and I'm like, why? Show me. And they had a map, like a chart of all the things you can't bring on. I'm like, show me on this chart where it says no peanut butter. And I was, so it's being a bit of a dick, you know. And so the guy just like he's like he's like he's like it's not on there, but you just can't bring it. And I'm like, no, if it's not on that chart, I need to bring this peanut butter. With I was really, really, really 
overly attached to this peanut butter man. <laughs> and so, and so I, I go, look, look, you see that? You see that says, and I'm like, and I'm like, yo, you, you think maybe there's something wrong with it? And I open the jar, and in front of this guy's face, I stick my fingers in it, and I scoop out a bunch, and I lick it, and I'm eating it there. I'm like, it's just peanut butter. <laughs> and so, so he's just like looking at me like this guy's insane. He's like, this is insane. <laughs> Insane guy. And so I look at the chart and I'm like, look, 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 look right there. You see, it says you're allowed to bring baby food. <laughs> and this is the same consistency as baby food. And he looks at me and says, yes, but you're not a baby. <laughs> and at that point, yeah, at that point I, started, baby. Uh, I just started, no, I just started laughing at that point. And he started laughing and I'm like, okay, fuck it. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Always disarm them with humor. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I feel for you, man. I feel, I feel your peanut yeah. butter need. It is. Yeah. We probably have like what do we, we have like three three different kinds of peanut butter in our cupboard right now. We do, yeah. And let me tell you, like living in another country, you know, makes you miss things, especially from America that you just would not expect. And I mean, thankfully, some countries they'll actually have like a little section of like American foods, right? And it's always really interesting right. to see like what that section carries, some right? countries do <laughs> yeah some for me it's always coffee yeah. like getting good really good coffee is hard there's a lot of average coffee in the world but well, babe for you what, coffee so yeah what, what what was something that you like when we were in iceland and, and when was something that you really miss and you can't say video games <laughs> it, well uh, well because I, I feel like iceland we weren't there long enough but when we were in new zealand and Again, like New Zealand has a lot of good food, I will say, but I think the thing that I missed the most was Cheetos. And the weird <laughs> thing is, right? Yeah, it's, it's always the junk food, right? America does junk food like no other country, I swear. Yes, Japan, yeah, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. So we were in New Zealand, living in New Zealand during the pandemic, and I got a hankering for Cheetos. Oh, and Girl Scout cookies. Oh my God. Oh, right. We'll get back to that in a second. We'll get back to that in a yeah. second. But so, we'll put a pin in that. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I need some Cheetos. And we go to the store and pick up a bag of Cheetos. And I come home and I'm really excited because I was like, God, I haven't had <laughs> Cheetos in like a full year, right? Because we're trying to eat healthy. So we're not going super hard on junk food. Right. right but right. it's cheat day. And we're like, oh, you know, here we go. And I pop a couple in my mouth and I'm like, wait a minute. What is, is this? What is this? This is this is not Cheetos. <laughs> weird imposter, right? And so I, I turn it over and I'm looking at the ingredients and it's like garlic powder, onion powder. I'm like, this is what is this is not Cheetos, right? And I realized and I, and I looked up the ingredients list uh for the American bag and it's wildly different. And I'm like, why? Would you, and, I, and I'm looking at the front, and it says Cheetos, right? It's got the same logo, the same mask. Same logo, everything. same brand, it's all different. And it's just weird, right? So there are some foods in other countries that share the same brand name, but are not even remotely close. So that was that was strange, right? So in Romania, yeah. Uh, every now and then, yours is Cheetos, mine is Doritos. Okay. Mm-hmm. And here's what I found out uh, the hard way that you really got to pay attention to labels. Um, and back in the U.S., if you just want a regular bag of Cheetos, what's what what's the bad color? The bad oh, color, blue or red or 
Oh, red. Doritos? Just regular Doritos. Oh, oh, regular Doritos. Yeah, red. Red. So in Romania, I they have Doritos. I'm all cool. So I <laughs> grab the red bag. And I make my way to the front and I pay for them. And I, I'm walking back uh, oh. you know, to our Airbnb and I open up the bag and I start <laughs> eating the, the Doritos. And suddenly my mouth is burning. <laughs> oh, damn. Because oh. here... Yeah. The red bag is the soup, the ultra spicy nachos, like the fire nachos. Oh, brand. no. <laughs> the regular Doritos is an orange bag. <laughs> oh, wow. Right. Oh. So I so I, <laughs> I remember walking. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a long walk because I didn't have my water with me. I was just eating this bag of Doritos. My mouth's going to be burning. And it oh. was not pleasant. <laughs> uh, and then I look at the bag and sure enough on the bag right like had I um, took the time to read the bag it said yeah. uh, uh, fiery Doritos or fiery something fiery nachos or whatever <laughs> um, I'm, oh had, had I read the bag instead of going by my knee jerk reaction of red equals regular Doritos mm-hmm. yep. which is my favorite Doritos yeah right uh I would have saved myself some grief. Same with with Lay's potato chips, right? Here, the regular bag of Lay's potato chips is red, not yellow. Weird. Okay. Interesting. And so, yeah. and so I, I have taken to be sure to read labels. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you learn anything of Big Sexy Digital Nomad, it is read the label. And even if you think you know the food, you should check you the ingredients. You know. Yeah. You <laughs> you, I got I got to ask you. <laughs> Um, I know that I know they have this in Brashov, and I recommend it through the roof. So it's like a uh, picture, like a cinnamon roll, except that it's a tube, and the tube is about ends up being about ten inches long, uh, twelve inches long, and you can literally slip your arm, like a small person could slip their arm inside of it, and it's all bread dough, like rolled in cinnamon and sugar or cocoa powder. Have you had one of those yet? I have not had one, but I have. Oh, they're so good. So there's a store out here called Cora, um, and there's several different ones. And we were on our Airbnb that was back on Gorja Louis, and I'm just saying that for the listeners who were paying attention to those previous episodes. Uh, when I used to walk to Cora, there was a little hut, and there was a lady inside the hut that were ma- that was making those yeah. rolls. Like, yeah, they're they put, so good. They had this big, big wooden dole. Or metal uh, dowel over a fire pit, and you'd wrap the bread around it, and would roll it, and then go to bed. I never bought one. It was it looked like too much because you know I, I I'm you know my wife can't eat a whole lot of stuff. She doesn't eat a whole lot of bread, and I wasn't gonna try to stuff myself. Oh, you know what? It's it's like a it's like a cheat day special food, and one is enough for both of you guys. Yeah, and, and neither one of us really eat it like that. You know, my cheat okay. days are. I take. I I get the one that, that they have delicious pretzel dogs out here. There's a, oh, there's nice. a, a brand oh. called Luca. Have you heard of Luca? The the oh. the, the the restaurant. Um, there mm-hmm. it's a it's a there's a lot of pastry bakeries, little mini cabinets here in Romania, and Luca is like the most popular and biggest brand, and they have the delicious pretzel dogs that, like when I'm if I'm out and about and I'm walking for a long time and I, I don't know when I'm going to get my next meal, I will stop and get two of those and be good. Nice. That sounds, that sounds good. good. 
Now you say you guys just recently came back from Iceland, right? Yes. What 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 uh, did you go there because like it was on your list to go there, or was anything special that took you out there? You're like, hey, it, let's go somewhere. Fuck it, let's go to Iceland. It was on both of our bucket lists since the day we met. It was like at the top. It was at the top of both of our bucket lists, and it was just this was just the year to do it. Nice. Now, when you, when you guys travel, do you tend to like say, okay, we're going to leave and we're not coming back for months and we'll see as many places <laughs> as we can when we go? Or do you like to go, come back, go, come back, go, come back? Well, well normally the first one, but yeah. <laughs> in this case, we actually, but how did that happen? We put, babe, f- refresh my memory. We, we were supposed to come back in three weeks, but that didn't right. happen. <laughs> yeah. So essentially Our what happened in Sweden. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we, the initial plan was, um, yeah, go to Iceland for three weeks and then come back home. And I forget what happened, but basically we met just, this just amazing couple fr- in Sweden. Yeah. yeah. And she found out that we were going to Iceland and she was like, oh my gosh, like, if you guys want to come to Sweden, like, I would love to host you. And we thought, yeah, like, that's pretty close, right? Like, it's not that far of a, you know, a flight. And so what ended up happening was then we decided to go to, to Sweden for like a week. And then our friend in uh, Oslo, Norway, was like, oh, you guys are going to be in my neighborhood. Why don't you just bop on over? <laughs> <laughs> and so then it was like, okay, now we are in Europe proper. And we actually had an interesting discussion about this because at first I was like, okay, Scandinavia is great. I'm super excited. Let's go. And then AJ was like, what if we did Portugal? We've been talking about going there. And I was like, listen, that is a completely different climate, right? Right, right. (laughs) Like I have packed for cold stuff. I've planned to pack for cold. And now you're expecting me to pack for for hot? Like this doesn't make any sense. But at that time, it was like, okay. To be be fair, you can pack for – you could probably pack your – hot clothing wrapped up in your winter clothing. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, it, is, and, and it wouldn't change yeah. the size of your suitcase at all. Yeah. No, that that's pretty much when it ended up happening, but I wanted to leave some extra space because I knew that I would be coming back with just a fuck ton of souvenirs. <laughs> and I did on <laughs> a lot of rocks. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> the rocks. What, yeah, what, what kind of souvenirs do you guys collect when, you, when you're out and about? What, 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 what are your go-to, uh, uh, things to bring back home uh so for me rocks that i find cool right, <laughs> right. um and uh it's a bit of an odd one but i think it's kind of neat is um reusable grocery bags that are, like specific to that country oh yeah right? so yeah. I, i've yeah it's become a thing now where i've got to collect a grocery bag from every country that i've been to it's relatively new Re- reusable but, grocery bags yeah that has that has to be the most unique and oddest <laughs> collectible right. that I have heard yeah. of people collecting. <laughs> yeah. I want to quickly, right? yeah. I want to quickly jump in there and say that for for your readers, for your, for your listeners, uh, one of the things that made it possible for us to suddenly switch like that was that the the airfare to Iceland, which was originally round trip, was booked with points with with uh, frequent flyer uh, miles. Yes. And and through my credit card company. And it just so happened that it was marked as uh, I, I didn't 
go into it thinking I wanted fully refundable, but I guess at the time and the fair just happened to be fully refundable. So when I saw that, I knew that it was okay. And I had called him up ahead of time and authorized this because we were thinking about it, that it was going to be okay for me to cancel the return flight, get that refunded, and then just go the other direction, go over to Sweden one way, and then go to Norway one way, Ah. go to Portugal one way, and then go back to America one way. Nice. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I thought you might have to get it extended and then, you know, hop over to Sweden, hop over to Norway, hop back to Iceland, and then leave from Iceland. That's the thing is that I I really hope that, you know, people out there just know that because people are like, traveling is so expensive. I can't do it. I'm like, yeah, Iceland. Yes, it is. It's ridiculously expensive. (laughs) But there's so many places in the world you can go that are affordable. and And usually the airfare is the only thing. It's the biggest cost. And once that's done, you get there and you can find low cost accommodation. Right. Like we were talking about you cook your own meals, you save a ton of money. That's the one thing in Iceland that was not very much past what we pay here in America. You buy your own groceries, you cook your own meals, it's about the same cost as it is in America. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We we uh, the the we have the added we only have the added difficulty of having our dog Fox with us. Right. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Otherwise, we would be bouncing around a lot more, doing a lot more things frequently. But we have to pay attention on where he can go, how we're going to get him there, you know, and uh, things of that nature. Um, otherwise, I'm sure we would have seen a lot, uh, a lot more places. That's why I'm really looking forward to living in Spain, right? Getting the visa and actually living there. Because once you have a home base and you're good, we'll leave his ass at home. And then we'll, you know, or we'll we'll leave him with a dog sitter, and then yeah. go see something, and go someplace, and do those type of things. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, it's really, 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 really exciting. So, okay. Chris, Chris, yeah, Chris has got to tell you the rock story about Iceland. Why, why she came back with a box of rocks? Oh, okay. I, I, I want to hear about the Kirsty Corey. Yeah, right. So, um. I did a bad thing, right? There's yeah. times. All, <laughs> all, all good stories start with that sentence right there. Yeah, yeah exactly. We should have the, it's a song. I did a bad, bad thing. <laughs> yeah. So, and I should know this having been living in New Zealand and traveling there as long as I have that, you know, you're supposed to go to a place and leave there the same as you left it, right? Well, correct. Iceland has a lot of cool rocks because it's extremely volcanic. And so there is just pumice it's stone. all volcanic. Everywhere, <laughs> right? And there are signs everywhere that says, please do not pick up and keep the rocks. Just leave them where they lie, right? And- okay, I, I've got to interrupt here one minute. So I was with you in Iceland and you're saying there were signs everywhere that said that. Now... To the best of my knowledge, I never saw a single one of these signs. So where did you see these signs? I believe you saw them, but where? <laughs> so, any, okay, so anytime you, like, drive up to a site and there's, like, an information board, it's somewhere on there that says, like, please do not pick up the rocks. Like, um, when we were on our way. That one really cool Northwest, volcano in the middle of nowhere? Yes, That we hiked exactly. to the top of? Yeah. Okay. Say, please do not pick up the rocks. Because um, one day people will rock away the whole volcano i don't think that's gonna happen yeah but I, you know, I get it like iceland gets a ton of tourists right it, and every person they're, they're one very rock. respectful of nature yeah. there yes. and they're, they're like just leave please nature be as nature leave it here it, it, so, it got here without you it can stay here without but there, was, there was no there was no um you know pele you know if you take the rocks you will be cursed There's nothing like that it was just simply right. environmentalism right and so 
so it, it wasn't at that volcano that I read that sign for the first time. I believe it was somewhere in near Reykjavik somewhere, right? Some hike that we went on. And, um, and at first I was like, okay, mm -hmm, that's fair. Until we went to a gift shop. And in these gift shop, it said, oh, authentic Icelandic volcanic rocks for sale. And I'm like, wait a minute. $30. Tell me you don't want me to pick up rocks so that you can sell them to me. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Capitalism. Yeah. Uh, capitalism strikes again. Yeah. And so then uh, funny thing happened. So I started picking up rocks, you know, little rebel that I am. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then there was the, the added um, bonus of figuring out that uh, potentially I'm, um, very, very likely that the Vikings were not the first peoples on Iceland. And there is all sorts of evidence uh, that we went and discovered and talked to a bunch of people. And uh, they think that the Celts were actually the first uh, peoples on Iceland. Oh, and I come from a Celtic background. And uh, apparently... Uh, so the your rocks. Yeah, so exactly, yeah. And so uh, the Vikings did not write about the Celts at all in their stories because they did not want to, because they wanted to be the first ones they there. They only wrote about them as slaves. Yes. Well, they, right. yeah, as, as that they had brought them to Iceland, right? And so um, I had it in my head that if any person um, saw me taking a rock and would berate me, I would go... This is reparations for my people, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, but that's that's the thing about Icelanders is they're also really chill. So I think if I had said that, they would have been like, okay. Okay. <laughs> There's another blue cool one over there. Get that purple one over there. Do that. That was yeah, a running right. joke was that, is that, is that, you know, she'd be picking up a rock and she's going to raise it in the air amongst people and say, this is reparations for what you did to my people. And all the Icelanders would be like, like, Okay. 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 <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Now, since you guys travel so much, uh, my listeners always like to know: Have you guys learned any like travel hacks or uh, packing ideas or, or things that you learned along the way that make your your travel uh, easier for you guys? Tons. And the one thing I'm going to say is that. Every single, when it comes to backpackers, okay, every single backpacker I've ever met always has their one thing. Oh, and yeah. And that one thing is going to be something that they do not need to carry, but they will choose to carry. So one person, it might be a guitar. Another person, Kirsty, for example, she has her pillow and she likes her <laughs> pillow and she will take her pillow all over the world. The weight doesn't matter. The fact that it skews all everything they ever learned about backpacking, good, healthy backpacking, and it skews the weight, doesn't matter. For me, I've got this little French press, uh, bulletproof plastic coffee maker, uh, French press, and it goes everywhere that I go. So when you find out what your one thing is, go for it, bring it. Don't worry about whether or not, you know, people say like, oh, it's going to be heavy. Just do it. And, uh, but make sure it's one thing. <laughs> That's the trick. Yeah. Don't, don't make it two things thing. and three things. Make it yeah. find yeah, out what your one thing is and bring the one thing. And that's awesome. And stop there. Yeah. Well, the hard part is trying to find that. What's that one thing you don't need? It, mm -hmm. uh, oh, that's easy. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the fourth pair of jeans and the third pair of shorts and the 12th pair of underwear 
So that's I mean like like yeah, you know, these are all back the, the 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 fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth uh, t-shirts. Exactly. Exactly. Oh yeah. Well, especially but when you're traveling. I, I gotta rep my nerd stuff, man. I gotta rep my yeah. prints. I gotta rep my raiders. Yeah. I exactly. Get it. Yeah. Exactly. I get it. Yeah. yeah, we, yeah. yeah. We, when we started the journey, we had like seven big blue travel bags, uh, two carry-ons, a backpack. Wow. Um, and you know, a dog crate. Right. Uh, and since since we have been in Spain, we ship back about uh, just under fifty kilos worth of stuff back to the U.S. Oh, oh wow. wow! Yeah, when we wow. the clothes and um, things that we things that we took like because we're going on a cruise ship, so we we got some things for the crew, like some emergency things, whatever. Then once we got to land, we didn't really need anymore. Yeah. We also realized we packed too many clothes. Hell, when we got to Barcelona, we donated two full trash bags worth of clothing. Wow. Yeah. The, the wow, first awesome. day we got there, we're like, look, we, we brought way too many clothes. We're not going to sell them. We're not going to ship them back. We don't need them. Let's go through, get rid of what we don't need. Um, and it feels nice, right? You're, yeah. You feel lighter. Like, oh, like even mm-hmm. mentally, you feel lighter. Yeah. And we still have too much stuff, you know. <laughs> that happens. But, yeah. But uh, when we left America, we, we uh, in 2016, we're like, okay, that's it. We're out of here. We're going to go travel. We don't know how long. And we each packed one backpack as per my being very strict about, you know, obeying the backpacking rules and not caring too much for your, your own sanity. Right. Uh, we had good hiking poles, like dual hiking poles. Uh, we had good water bottles, all the standard stuff. And then we also each had a carry-on, a small carry-on. And a backpack. And, and small and, and with the backpack. backpack. Yeah. Yeah, and a, and a day pack. So we each had a backpack, a small day pack, and a carry on. And then what we did was we knew we were looking for a place to live outside of America. So we took large suitcases and we packed them with what we call we called it the one year bag. That after a year of traveling, when we figured out where we want to live, we're going to come back and get that bag. And then that had all the fun stuff like clothing you would like, nice clothing for going out for a fine dinner. Or right. clothing you'd wear to a club to go dancing. We had all that stuff in the one year bag, and uh, but like you said, you just pick up tons of stuff along the way. No matter what you do, it always happens. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I would say as a piece of advice: is to pack less than what you think you need. Because especially if, like, so long as you're not going to like some remote country, right? And if you're going to a country that's going to have good shopping, right? Which is most places, like. You just pick up what you need, especially if it's a cheaper country than where you're you're living, right? So yeah. layers and layers. Yes. Think and lay, you know, because you can always, if you've got shorts and then jeans and then a t-shirt and then a flannel shirt and then a sweatshirt and then a light windbreaker and then a heavy jacket, you probably can do away with the heavy jacket, which means the biggest bulkiest thing in your bag because all those other layers are are going to cover you. If you're right. traveling for three seasons. And you invest in some good thermal underwear. You can get thermal underwear now where the top and the bottom together take up less room than a baseball. Right. And they, and they weigh nothing. And they're amazing. I had, It's one of the layers I wore when I, in that, that freezing cold dive in Iceland. <laughs> yeah. Cold ass diving waters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then also, last but not least, um, I haven't really like tested this too much but i found that it works so anecdotal evidence here 
is that if you roll up your clothing instead of just folding them kind of flat, I, I found rolling them up and then putting them kind of like side by side, like little sausage rolls in your suitcase saves room. But interesting. And stuff sacks. Don't forget stuff sacks. On stuff sacks, we're, yeah. We're, yeah. We're very big on. We have a collection of stuff sacks here. Yeah, my wife got those stuff sacks and the the um the vacuum bags. Oh yes. Yep. Those are yeah. those are cool. Love, love those are really cool. Bags. My and, my issue with, with the vacuum bags is the problem is it is you tend to want to fill the space that is saved from the vacuum bags and that ends up for a heavier suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 And then also involved. Super critical. Like like I'd actually put this at the very top of the list. Your footwear, your boots, your shoes, whatever it is. One rule for anybody who's going to buy a pair of hiking boots or a pair of trekking shoes, if it doesn't fit nicely right there in the shoe store, do not listen to any salesperson telling you, oh, it will break in because it won't. Right. And you will hate those shoes very soon. The shoe, your boots, your new boots, your new shoes for hiking, for trekking, they need to be comfortable right there when you're buying them. You can stand on like weird angles and stuff and test them and see if they fit. They need to fit perfectly. I recommend buying a half size bigger and sticking some really nice gel insoles in them as well. And, uh, you know, and then from there you can decide if you want waterproof or if you want the ones that are kind of open or whatever. But it needs to fit properly right then, right there. And I, I, I'd say that's written in stone. Yeah, the, the good news for me is I do a whole lot of hiking, so I ain't got no hiking boots. Uh, <laughs> I got a good pair of tennis shoes. I got a good pair of walking shoes. And I got my Raiders flip-flops, and I'm good to go. And my water shoes. Oh, and washes. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm good to go. Yeah, well, guys, man, it's been a pleasure uh, chatting with you and talking to you. Again, I, I, I don't know we could we could probably go on for another hour just talking about we, – we, we haven't even scratched the surface of places <laughs> you guys have been yeah. uh, and things you've seen and done. But that, all that means is you guys got to come back again. Well, I got I to ask – since, since you asked yeah. me, I want to ask Kirstie. Kirstie, yeah. what is your favorite place that you've been to? We well, already kind of said New Zealand. So aside from New Zealand, <laughs> yeah. aside from New Zealand, what's your what's your next favorite place? Uh, I, I mean, I'm going to be a little bit biased here uh, and say that um, because I think my heritage is uh, – I said Celtic, but it, it's more Celtic, like, right. like Breton. So uh, pretty much – the UK just being there and like, I don't know. I think when you go to a place that you know that that's where your ancestors are from, it's really right. cool. And especially a uh, place as old and, you know, crazy as the UK. So I, I would say the UK is probably my second favorite though. It's really hard. Like, you know, AJ said, it, it's kind of hard to, it's hard to choose. Yeah. You, you got bits yeah. and pieces of the favorite place. In my top matter. three. Yeah. <laughs> right. If you, if you could take if you could take the very best thing from every place you've ever been and put it together, you'd have Utopia. True. Absolutely. Every, every place has something great. Yeah. Every single place. Exactly. Yeah. Where, where's Where's next for you guys? You guys have a a, a trip yeah. coming up. We're going to Japan what? again. <laughs> oh, okay. I've been pushing this for three years. I went to Japan when I was seventeen, <laughs> and we're gonna go back next year in the springtime. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> keep, 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 actually, keep me posted. Uh, yeah. Because okay. I know the wife wants to go to back to Japan. You know, she used to live there. Oh, oh wow. She's been trying to get us back to Japan. So, man, if we could coordinate a dual trip to Japan. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. All, all of us be hanging out in Japan. That would be fucking awesome. 
That would be. It would be. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll figure it out. We, we are all world travelers. We're all big, sexy world travelers. And so we will, I'm pretty sure, again, travel the world together. Uh, I miss hanging out with you guys and seeing yeah. you all hang out. And, and um, you know, I really, I really, I'm not going to lie, I really miss playing, uh, on, uh, being on the game system with you guys and either raiding or doing whatever the fuck we're doing. Oh, um, duck, duck, goose. <laughs> so yeah, so once 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 we get like once we get to Spain, I'll make my trip back to the U.S. I'm bringing my PlayStation back with me. Uh, I'll awesome. get it set up, get back on it, and we'll, we'll we'll get back at it. Um, but in the meantime, how can the folks find you if they want to uh, hit you up on the social medias? Uh, I guess just uh, Facebook. All right. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah I'm a, not a period. Uh, a period, J period, Arcane, A R C A N E. There you go. And I, I curse you. You're on, you're on the Instagram, right? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. Um, it is Arcane guys... Priestess. Don't you don't you have uh, uh, your art? Don't you have an art Instagram? I do. Or is that yeah. it? Yeah. What is that? That's um, my artist name, which is Daphne Crow. And then art, so Daphne Crow art, all one word, and um, yeah, that's where I'm. Da- and Daphne with PH. Yes, Daphne with PH, like the water nymphs. Got it. And I'll, I'll put all that stuff in the in the summary below as well. Awesome. Thank you. Um, and so you know, again, we, if we can generate you know traffic and all that kind of cool stuff. But in, in the meantime, guys, uh, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with me. Uh, yeah, ne- next time we do this, we'll have to uh, get it, if we can, get it at a time when my co-host, uh, Judgmentalist, can be on here as well. Um, and sure. we can all uh, tell stories and shoot the shit. Awesome. That'd be cool. Also, yeah. if you if you don't mind, put down my life coaching website, which is uh, peaklifenow.net, P-E-A-K, like a mountain peak, lifenow.net. That'd be awesome. Got it. Peaklifenow.net. That's really that. the best way to get a hold of me because because that I always get the email. Right, but ladies, ladies, he's he's taken. Don't happily don't, so. Don't, <laughs> very, very. Don't think I'm you're gonna so, follow the same pathway I'm, that Kirsty you can went. Try. I am so I mean, taken. You you're absolutely <laughs> welcome to give it a shot, but yeah. just know we're all gonna laugh at you. Yeah, <laughs> all of us, all of us. I'll make sure they tell me that it happened, and we'll, we'll all laugh at you. Yeah, right. But uh, all right, guys, thanks again, and uh, uh, listeners, hang tight. You know, me and Judge Middles will do some kind of outro to this, um, and we'll we'll talk about it as though we listened to it. But you know, we probably didn't. And and uh, I'll see what I can remember. But in the meantime, y'all take care. Bye. Bye. Nope. This is the wrong sound. Yeah. It's funny because you were going to mention the fact that we doubled up on the phase. So now this time we put something in between it just to mess everybody up. Yeah. Here we go. Hold on a second. Welcome back, listeners. Uh, Yeah, I don't know if I'll put that first part in there or not. Uh, I'm gonna edit that out. We'll Somebody see. Hear it. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see. Um, of course, if I do edit it out, I'm gonna keep this part in about me editing it out, so people go, "What the hell was there?" And then they can ask us questions and and get curious about what was there. Either that, or they heard me what was there before, and uh, they know. 
Anywho, that was AJ and Kirsty. Fun times. Man, they're great people. They're wonderful. I can't believe all the places they've been and how much traveling they've done. I'm jealous. Uh, they have been around the world and to it seems like thousand places, but AJ said seventy, but that's still a fucking lot of places. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I think that um, I I think I just saw a post from our friend Beer in a Backpack who's been on the pod a couple times. Who I want to say he just hit country 49, 48 or forty nine. So right. I mean he hasn't even cracked fifty yet, and he's he. I feel like he's been almost everywhere. Right, and that, that's crazy. Like it's insane. I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that before I close my eyes forever, that I get to start doubling up digits and getting those numbers in there. Um, you know, uh, yeah, because right now. Yours truly has. If I'm going to count my home country, then I have one, I have one, now. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight countries under my belt. Yeah, yeah. I I I haven't even even begun to contemplate counting that because it makes no sense because my number's so low. Yeah, like, what two, three. No, I've got more than that. I've got Canada, Mexico, right. the United States. There's three. two or three. That's three right um, there. But I've got some, you know, I've, I've got I've got some Caribbean. Um, okay. Outside the of the American-owned properties? What's that? Outside of the American-owned properties? Yeah, the DR. Um, okay. Um, the Bahamas, several uh, several oh, different yeah. islands in the Bahamas. I gotta say, eight, I gotta say nine because I forgot that I, I counted uh, the Bahamas, but I forgot to count the Dominican Republic, which I have been to as well. Yeah, to both the Bimini Beach Club in the Bahamas and yeah. the Dominican Republic. And I think those are two separate uh, countries. So let's see. The DR gets me to four, right? DR yeah. Bahamas uh, gets you to five. Turks and K- what's up? Turks and Caicos gets you to five. Yeah, and I've been to two different islands in that string as well. Um, I think those are still one country. I don't think those are these countries. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm just saying, it wasn't just like, like I don't count getting back to domestic. Um, I don't count myself as having been to Arizona yet, even though I've landed in and laid over in their airport. To me, that doesn't count. Doesn't count. Um, Nope. Uh, like we said before on the podcast, it doesn't count unless you step foot on whatever you are you stepped on their soil. That's right. why I don't count uh, Switzerland. Right? Okay. We had a layover in Zurich, uh, but I don't count that because we never left the airport. You know, so gotcha. uh, so yeah. So that's uh, that's five. There may be another one in there that I'm forgetting, um, and then I'll hit Egypt. So I'm not even going to be in the double digits in you know for a while. Yeah. So oh, that means uh, in uh, when we get to England on Wednesday, mm-hmm. um, I will be in double digits. I will hit my tenth country. There you go. Uh, when we get to merry old England. That's fascinating. Oh, good. I have a great milestone. I got some cool things to record about that and wonderful. So, yeah, but I'm trying to get up to AJ and Kirstie's number. They're wonderful. And, uh, you know, it's a trip when you meet people playing games. Do you ever play any, like, 
social video games. Like you ever get on a headset and, you know, talk shit to other gamers doing um, raids and shit like that. So the, I used to play on the PlayStation. Um, it wasn't really like that. Like, I, I think what you're describing feels like um, the one that all the kids used World to play. World of Warcraft. That, yeah, uh, that's one. No, the game I used to play, you can actually see Wayne Giovinazzi playing on his Twitch stream from time to time called Borderlands. Borderlands, yeah. Well, I love um, Borderlands. It's one of my favorites. I've recently, they recently released that on the Switch in anticipation of the newest one coming out on the Switch. So I bought up all the old stuff and I've been playing that. You can play on the network, but I don't think there's a spot unless I'm handheld holding my Switch that I can even hook, uh, you know, uh, a headset into that. Right. Um, but I used to because, like, my brother and I back in the day used to always fire that up and go on and 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 pop heads together. But other you ever like, a, a, like a Call of Duty or Mortal Kombat kind of guy? Not so much. Like I need, uh, like I I don't like the the pure first person shooters. I like there to be some sort of mission in there. Right, you know, you know, like give like me Grand, some Grand Theft Auto or Red Dead Revolver or some shit like that, right? Yeah, yeah I'm the um, same. I'm the same. So, like, um, yeah, Borderlands was a good one because there's always quests all over the place. Uh, one that I really liked when it first came out, I played it obsessively all the time, and this was one where you could play over a headset, and um, and that was um, Fallout seventy six. Yes, we we actually, uh, we actually talked about that in the interview. Super glitchy at first. Fallout seventy six was great. Um, I, I, it was for us for those people who love that series, the Fallout series. I guess there's two paths to go. You love it so much that you were like hyper pissed that it was glitchy when it first came out, or you loved it so so much. I consider myself to be in that category that you were willing to just suffer with a smile on your face because you were playing the new version of it. And I fell right. into that category more so than anything. Um, because it, you know, plus it also, you know, my, my brother at the time was not living anywhere near me. So the ability for us to kind of connect and talk shit and, and whatnot from across the network was, was great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to actually when we get to Spain. If we're there, if we know for a fact we're going to be there for at least a year, like if we got the visa and we got the long term housing and we're set to go, I'm definitely either going to a pawn shop and finding a PlayStation Four, or I'm going back to the United States and picking up my PlayStation Four, um, and bringing my gaming system back over because I miss gaming. That's one thing I haven't done here during these travels. Uh, you know, every Airbnb, almost every Airbnb has had a television that I can hook my HDMI cable up to and, and play, and I haven't been able to, and it kind of sucks. So I'm hoping to get a, a, a chance to do that. I think it'd be a lot of fun to to log back in and then, you know, connect with people over the gaming systems and whatnot. I mean, that, you know, one of the things that I, I thought about 
in watching Wayne. I don't know if you've watched any of Wayne's um, gaming streams or I, his I've drawing streams. I got a couple. I don't, you know, I don't know what that his his timing has now. It used to be that I could catch them, and now my schedule has slightly changed enough that it doesn't necessarily jive with his schedule. Well, um, usually when he's on, it's three a.m. wherever I am. Okay, so so I I don't tend to stay awake for it, and usually I've, I've, if if I am awake, I'm not going to be long enough to watch his stream. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It makes me wonder: Is there some sort of a like a a future in having a bunch of different people in different parts of the world teaming up to collaborate to do like a twenty four hour gaming stream, like all I'm, under one I'm, account? I'm sure like that's a- not a zero. I'm not. I'm sure that that number is not zero. I'm sure that has happened where there are a bunch of people who all game. And they're they're in different locations so that you know they can game together for a long time. But somebody's still connected to it, and yeah. they're still playing. And then other people join back in, and then that that person falls off and goes to sleep or whatever. I'm sure that exists. I, I know that in a, in the sense that everybody's in one place, it exists because when when Fallout circling it back to Fallout seventy six when that came out, you know it would be like play it every every waking moment that you're at home and then come to work and then hop on Twitch and watch other people playing it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was like that. No, but I mean like I'm sure that weeks. I would have to and, imagine that there are like four or five people in different locations around the world all using the same account. Right, right. So I had found at the time, and again this is slightly different, I had found this this group called Streamer House. And what it is, this is an interesting concept um and, and i would imagine that they probably made out like bandits during the pandemic because people with a lot less to do and and i think things like that kind of really took off um but it's it's five or six people all living in one house down in florida and they've got a schedule right and that streamer house they're all individual gamers but on the streamer house account 24 hours a day seven days a week somebody is is gaming or or doing some sort of content on that channel um and they're all in the same place they that all live exhausting. there you know I, I i'm assuming behind the scenes if you were to peel it back that there's some sort of financier that owns that house that that technically owns that stream that might not right. be one of the five or six that are like okay you guys are going to do this. We're going to put you up. We're going to take X percentage of the ad revenue. You're going to take what's left. Plus, you know, you're staying here as part right. of the deal. Um, Cause I mean, it's a huge channel. Yeah. I'm telling you in my, in my early twenties, I would have been all about that. You know, probably up to my, my mid thirties. I probably would have been all about that. That sound that's what the sound amazing. And I would love to have, it, it depends on the game actually. Yeah. Well, they all play different stuff at different times. So the funny thing is, like, oh, I just cool. popped up to it right now. And, and my apologies if the sound on this pops in here. But, like, currently, I, I am sitting here at 1030 a.m. as we record this on the East Coast of the United States. There are 1,100 people actively watching this stream. Um, I remember, are... man, when I was younger, I used to think the concept 
of watching people play video games to be dumb as hell. Yeah. Now esports is a billion dollar or company, like billion dollar enterprise. Yeah, seven hundred streamer house the channel on Twitch, and if anybody cares to look at this, this is you know we just kind of organically brought this up in conversation, so this isn't right. an ad. This is not a sponsorship. We're not promoting it, shit. I don't know. I'm not, and I'm not looking that shit up right now. We're we're nowhere near big enough for them to even know that we're doing this or ever find out. But it's twitch.tv forward slash streamer house. Go there, and then then when you're done, just confirming all of this. Change that to forward slash Wayne Geo and check him out. 771,000 followers. That's a lot. Uh, longest running live stream. We've been broadcasting to Twitch 24 7 since 2013. That is 10 Jesus. years that they have been doing that. That's insane. It looks like yeah. it's four of them. Um, you can also check out uh, 7 Billion Needles. Uh, who is Wayne Geo's partner over at? Hey, uh, buddy! Nice podcast. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um. Look, no matter what the content is, if you're a good-looking girl who dresses scantily clad, I'm looking at. There's an account here with 6.4 million followers. So, um, you know, make it what you will. <laughs> yeah, it'd be very interesting if we ever get to those numbers. I don't think we ever will, but you know, six point four million. Maybe because we don't Twitch, but you never, you never know what can kick off and and boost up. I mean, if I suddenly, you know, uh, get out here and get famous, and you know, do or my musical blows up, right? If Reservate yeah. this, the call center musical takes off and takes the world by storm, we could definitely get there. You know, but it would take something I mean, like that. Scoops has three point four k followers yeah yeah it, it would take an extreme level of celebrityism for us to get that and and purchasing of a bunch of bots like i think that in hand in hand would get us up to six point some odd million doing what purchasing what followers and listeners. bots oh you know. ooh, no no thanks yeah i'm not i don't, don't want to do that either you know but you know if we get big enough where we need to have some kind of pr firm they do that kind of stupid shit I get enough scammy stuff on my my Facebook business pages without purchasing bots. I certainly don't need them. You know, I don't need to invite them there. They find them, find me them themselves. Exactly. Well, uh, yeah, man, I, I was pl- happy to talk to AJ and Kirsty. I can't wait to chat with them more. We definitely have to do a part two. We barely scratched the surface of their travels, uh, and you know, as I travel more. We're talking, always talking back and forth about you know where I should go and stuff like that. So uh, we'll get some updates and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, but you know, thank you guys for listening, hoping tuning in, and uh, remember that if you want to become a Patreon, uh, you can um, go to I believe it's www.patreon.com backslash Big Sexy Digital Nomad which is a lot to type. Or, is there another way to get there? Yeah, much faster. Much faster. It's just easier if you just go to bullwiththebutthole.com. There you go. There and you from go. there, you can become a subscriber, uh, a Patreon member, and uh, join um, the family, become a big, sexy world traveler. Uh, do we have a list of our current patrons we want to say a thank you to? We do. We do. And we should have a new one, actually. We do. 
Uh, we've got, in no particular order, Joshua Tarr, Sebastian Robbins, Lee Popsicle, Michael McKenna, Chris Lowry, Bree, Angel, Smitty Scoop, and Bar- Margaret White. Ah, yeah, my mom joined. I thought that might have been. Yes. I yeah. wasn't sure, but I, 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 I thought it might have been. Yeah, my mom is a patron. What's fun? My mom, my mom is a patron, hasn't heard one episode. But, you Probably. know. Nah, we don't she, get too She supports her baby boy. You know, we don't get too crazy. And my mom knows my crazy. So even if we did get crazy, she already understands and knows. You know, it would be, be fun. Well, she'll have strange looks if, she, if, if people at the church start subscribing and uh, there you stuff go. like that. Then, then we, there may be some. Uh, Difficult conversations had, but I doubt it. I don't. I don't think that they'll have to worry about that kind of stuff. Um, I want. I mean, I want people from my uh, my old church to subscribe to the Patreon. I absolutely would love that. Um, but I don't think we get too ramp too rambunctious, you know, on here. We're more talking about being around the world and shit. We don't have a whole lot of time to to get as wacky and crazy as uh, I could. Right. Right. But yeah, check us out on social media. Hit us on Instagram, Twitter, X, whatever the fuck it's called, Threads, and all the other things. Uh, hang out with us, communicate, and then uh, let's chat. But in the meantime, safe travels. Safe travels.